You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. To strengthen our godly inner narratives, we're continuing our emphasis on identity matters. We're up to our 23rd podcast on these topics. Let's begin. Last time, we stressed that there is no greater blessing, no higher dignity, no calling more significant than being a true child of God. This meditation is about seeing yourself in the light of the Lord Jesus being your brother. Incidentally, there is a relevant term used to describe our conscious thoughts, our inner conversations. The word is subvocal. Thinking is subvocal speaking, silent speech. Internal speech is called subvocalization. Subvocalization is the term describing how most people read. We pronounce the sounds of the words we read in our thoughts. Whenever you read, you probably did that. God hears our silent speech. He actively searches and understands our deepest motives. 1 Chronicles 28 verse 9 As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him, but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And Psalm 64 verse 6, they devise injustices, saying, We are ready with a well-conceived plot, for the inward thought and the heart of a man are deep. He actively searches hearts and understands our deepest motives. He knows each heart. He comprehends our thoughts. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 39. Here in heaven, your dwelling place, and forgive and act and render to each according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. 1 Kings 8, 39. Psalm 94, verse 11. The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are a mere breath. Psalm 139, verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. He comprehends our thoughts. He said, Ezekiel 11, verse 5b, I know your thoughts. The Messiah knew the thoughts of those who were hostile towards him. Matthew chapter 9, verse 4a, Jesus knowing their thoughts. Luke 11, verse 17a, he knew their thoughts. He knew the thoughts of those who were hostile towards them. He knew what was in the hearts of men. John chapter 2, verse 25b, it's written, He himself knew what was in man. Some seek to hide, but we are not those who try to conceal our thoughts or motives. We invite God in. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. We invite God in. Here is a prayer with which I hope you are familiar. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. That prayer is helpful because God answers it. He answers us because he wants us to be in harmony with himself. We don't necessarily realize the nature of our anxious thoughts. For us to understand our motives in the sight of God, the Holy Spirit makes the scriptures come alive. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God wants to guide us into a sure knowledge of who we are in his sight. That is part of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. John 16 verse 13 when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. God wants to guide us into a sure knowledge of who we are in his sight. That's part of the Spirit's ministry to us. He sees us as we really are. As we learn to relate to ourselves through the Spirit's guidance by means of the Word, we give God's indwelling presence pleasure. This doesn't just happen. We are called to cooperate with the transformation of our inner narrative. To some degree, as we yield to the word, we also initiate. Peter wrote that we are to adopt an active mindset. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13a. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. To get a sense of the text's intent, take a look at how some translations render the Greek. Tree of Life version, brace your minds for action. The New English translation, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, get your minds ready for action. The complete Jewish Bible, get your minds ready. Prepare, brace, get your minds ready for action. This does not describe passive preparation. At the very least, we can recognize that our minds have to be actively involved in this. We are to be able to call things to mind. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, And I also will be diligent that at any time after my departure you will be able to call these things to mind. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. We are to be able to call things to mind. We must constantly remind ourselves of our true identities until they become first nature, not second nature, to us. We believe, we remember, we recall, we receive. 
We need to constantly bear in mind the identity matters that help form our inner narratives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus the Messiah in the presence of our God and Father, we need to constantly bear in mind the identity matters that help form our inner narratives. We must decide to meditate on what the Lord affirms and recall the Lord's correction and redirection. The result of constantly bearing these things in mind will be the ongoing development of a renewed way of relating to yourself. The words of our mouths and our heart's deepest thoughts can give God's indwelling presence pleasure. It is worth the effort. As you reflect on these matters, your inner narrative will progressively be sanctified and increasingly gratify the heart of the God who loves you. Moving on, this is what we want to add to your inner narrative. It is something that every believer knows to be true. God became incarnate as your brother. The Messiah is your brother. Jesus is your brother. Is this really true? We would tend to think of an impassable chasm between us and the Lord. The incarnation, carefully considered, causes that lie to lose its power. And if the incarnation doesn't drive a stake through the heart of that demonic, life-sucking alienation, take a look at how Jesus spoke after his resurrection. In the Gospel of John, the risen Messiah identified himself in relation to God, his Father, and his disciples. Please listen to this. John chapter 20, verse 17, Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and my God and your God. Look at what Matthew reported that the Lord said when he revealed himself as alive from the grave. How did he identify himself? As a brother. Matthew 28 verse 10, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. This relationship to you remains true even after our Messiah was glorified. To this day, Jesus takes his stand with those he redeemed. He calls them brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. Why would this be revealed if the Holy Spirit did not want you to believe and integrate this relationship into your inner narrative? God wants you to think of yourself as being a sister or brother to Jesus. This is our relationship to him now. And fellowship with our brother is also our destiny. Romans 8 verse 29. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Pray about this. Request God's help. Talk to yourself and strengthen this reality. Let it be a source and goal of your meditation. You've prepared your mind for action, so act. Get your mind in gear. By the way, what type of brother do you think Jesus is? Consider what a good brother is like. From the beginning, it was revealed that brothers are to take care of one another. They are to protect one another. A good friendship is likened to the affection one brother has for another. God is seeking to establish brotherly affection in the community of believers. Brothers are loyal to one another because they honor the same Father. A good brother is a great resource. The Spirit wants you to recognize that Jesus is your brother and sees you as his sibling. He has loyal, helpful, devoted, brotherly affection for you. This is a great relationship. What a wonderful reality. Embrace it. Remember, the scriptures extol the benefits of brotherhood. It is written, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. A significant starting point of relational harmony is recognizing the nature of the relationship. In this case, you really are a sister or brother of Jesus. One of Jesus' primary identities is this. He is your brother. Do not deny him the practical experience of his identity by rejecting your identity. Jesus gave his life for you so you may enter into this relationship with him. Do not deny your brother. Delight him. Can you imagine this scenario? After his resurrection, the Lord sent a message to his brethren to meet him in the Galilee. What would have happened if they said, That can't mean me. I'm disqualified. It is possible that Peter felt that way. After all, he had denied all relationship with the Lord. Perhaps that is why the angel said, And Peter. Mark 16, verse 7. But go, tell his disciples, And Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Jesus did not want Peter to self-disqualify. His heart was that Peter would receive pardon and partake of his true identity. The apostle was asked by the risen Lord if he loved him. It's funny, but the person who was reassured of being loved and highly valued was not the Lord, it was Peter. As Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. Again, Peter was the person having a refreshed illumination of being loved. He was included in the brotherhood of the Lamb. The worst examples of brothers in the Bible are Cain and the grumpy elder brother of the prodigal son. Unlike Cain, Jesus is a life giver, not a murderer. Unlike the elder brother in the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus is not a censorious, envious, 
critical, resentful older brother. Jesus is not a party pooper. He celebrates you. Your brother who loves you dwells in you. Who does the Messiah resemble? He is like Joseph. He has gone ahead of you to provide for you. And who are you in the Joseph narrative? I suggest that you see yourself as if you were Benjamin, the especially beloved, and Jesus as Joseph, his older brother. Genesis 43, verse 34. He took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Open up. He wants to dine with you as your brother. Do you see the size of the portion he has for you? Please pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. May the words of my mouth and my heart's deepest thoughts give your presence pleasure. It may be helpful to review these identity matters again from the previous podcast. My love for God is important to the God I love. I was successfully created to be the type of creation whose love for him is meaningful to him. I was loved while I was my creator's enemy. He reconciled me to himself through Jesus' blood. I'm learning to fully respond to this love. My response is pleasing to God. God wants me to believe that I am definitely a child of God. God's love for me is like a good father's love for his children, only immeasurably better. I have been born again and have been chosen to be an adopted child of God. God, my father's presence, dwells in me and I can give his presence pleasure. When you speak to yourself today, remind yourself that Jesus is your brother and he loves you with a brotherly affection. Here are some thoughts. Jesus is my brother. He loves me like the best older brother loves, only better. We have a close relationship. He lives within me. I dwell in him. I am never without help because my brother will help me. I can confide in my brother. I can rely on my brother. I see myself as the brother of the Messiah. Consider these words and repersonalize them. Put your name in there. You put in your name and speak to yourself. For instance, my name is David. I'll Speaking to myself about this would sound something like this. David, Jesus is your brother. He loves you like the best older brother loves, only better. May the Lord bless you guys. Thank you for listening. This is a wonderful thing. You are the sibling of the Lord Jesus. Grasp that. Receive that. Let it inform your meditations. It will give God's presence within you pleasure. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. 
Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers. To purchase copies of David's books, please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish, from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or For the Sake of the Fathers, visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com, loveofgodproject.org, book.forthesakeofthefathers.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at Restoration Fellowship NY, Love of God Project, Love and War DH, and For the Sake of the Fathers. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email David at loveandwar underscore dh at yahoo.com. As always, please remember to share Love and War and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.